0: The lord of the rings by j r r tolkien continuing the story of the hobbit chapter ten the voice of saruman they passed through the ruined tunnel and stood upon a heap of stones gazing at the dark rock of Orthanc and its many windows and menace still in the desolation that lay all about it the waters had now nearly all subsided here and there gloomy pools remained covered with scum and wreckage but most of the wide circle was bare again, a wilderness of slime and tumbled rock, pitted with blackened holes and dotted with posts and pillars, leaning drunkenly this way and that. At the rim of the shattered bowl there, there lay vast mounds and slopes, like the shingles cast up a great storm, and beyond them the green and tangled valley ran up into the long ravine between the dark arms of the mountains. Across the waste they saw riders picking their way, they were coming from the north side, and already they were drawing near to Orthanc. There is Gandalf and Theoden and his men, said Legolas. Let us go and meet them. Walk warily, said B- said Mary. There are loose slabs that may tilt up and throw you down into a pit if you don't take care. They followed what was left of the road from the gates of Orthanc, going slowly, for the flagstones were cracked and slimed. The riders, seeing them approach, halted under the shadow of the rock and waited for them. Gandalf rode forward to meet them. "'Well, Treebird and I have some interesting discussions, and made a few plans,' he said. "'And we have all had some much-needed rest. "'Now we must be going on again. "'I hope your companions have all rested too, and refreshed yourselves.' "'We have,' said Mary. "'But our discussions began and ended in smoke. "'Still we feel less ill-disposed towards Saruman than we did.' "'Do you indeed?' said Gandalf. "'Well, I do not. I "'I have now a last task to do before I go.' I must pay Saruman a farewell visit. Dangerous and probably useless, but it must be done. Those of you who wish may come with me, but be aware and do not jest. This is not the time for it. I will come, said Gimli. I wish to see him and learn if he really looks like you. And how will you learn that, Master Dwarf, said Gandalf? Saruman could look like me in your eyes if it suited his purpose with you. you, and you are yet wise enough to detect all his counterfeits. Well, we shall see, perhaps, he may be shy of showing himself before many different eyes together, but I have ordered all the ants to remove themselves from sight, so perhaps we shall persuade him to come out. What's the danger, asked pippin Will he shoot us and pour fire out of the windows, or can he put a spell on us from a distance? The last is most likely, if you ride to his door with a light heart, said Gandalf, but there is no knowing what he can do, or may choose to try. A wild beast cornered is not safe to approach, and Saruman has powers you do not guess. Beware of his voice. They came now to the foot of Orthanc. It was black, and the the rock gleamed as if it were wet. The many faces of the stone had sharp edges as though they had been newly chiseled. A few scorings and and small flake-like splinters near the base were all the marks that it bore of the fury of the ends. On the eastern side and the two angle of two piers, there was a great door, high above the ground, and over it was a shattered window, opening upon a balcony hedged with iron bars. Up to the threshold of the door there mounted a flight of twenty-seven broad stairs, hewn by some unknown art of the same black stone. This was the only entrance to the tower, but many tall windows were cut with deep embrasures in the climbing walls. Far up they appeared like little eyes in the sheer faces of the horns at the foot of the stairs gandalf and the king dismounted i will go up said gandalf i have been in Orthanc, and i know my peril and i will go up too said the king i am old and fear no peril any more i wish to speak with the enemy who has done me so much wrong eamor shall come with me and see that my aged feet do not falter as you will said gandalf aragorn shall come with me let the others await us at the foot of the stairs They will hear and see enough if there is anything to hear or see. Nay, said Gimli, Legolas and I wish for a closer view. We alone here represent our kindreds. We also will come behind. Come then, said Gandalf. And with that he climbed the steps, and Theoden went beside him. The riders of Rohan sat uneasily upon their horses, on either side of the stair, and looked up darkly at the great tower, fearing what might befall their lord. Merry and Pippin sat on the bottom step, feeling both unimportant and unsafe half a sticky mile from here to the gate muttered pippin i wish i could slip off back to the guardroom unnoticed what did we come for we are not wanted gandalf stood before the door of orthink and beat on it with his staff it rang with a hollow sound saruman saruman he cried in a loud commanding voice saruman come forth for some time there was no answer at last, the window above the door was unbarred, but no figure could be seen at its dark opening. "Who is it?" said a voice. "What do you wish?" Filiuin started. "I know that voice," he said, "and I curse the day when I fetch when I first listened to it." "Go and fetch Saruman," since you have become his footman, "Greymouth, warm tongue," said Gandalf, "and do not waste our time." The window closed. They waited. Suddenly, another voice spoke, low and melodious. It's very sound and enchantment. Those who listened unwarily to that voice could seldom report the words that they heard, and if they did, they wondered, for little power remained in them. Mostly, they remembered only that it was a delight to hear the voice speaking. All that it said seemed re- wise and reasonable, and desire awoke in them by swift agreement to seem wise themselves. When others spoke, they seemed harsh and uncouth by contrast, and if they gave. And if they gain said the voice, anger was kindled in the hearts of those under the spell. For some the spell only lasted while the voice spoke to them. And when it spoke to another, they smiled. And men do who see through a juggler's trick while others gape at it. For many, the sound of the voice alone was enough to hold them enthralled. But for those whom it conquered, the spell endured when they were far away. And even they heard that soft voice whispering and urging them. But none were unmoved, none rejected his pleas and his commands without an effort of mind and will, so long as his master had control of it. Well, it now settled into question, why must you disturb my rest? Will you give me no peace at all by night or day? Its tone was that of a kindly heart aggrieved by injuries undeserved. They looked up astonished, for they had heard no sound of his coming, and they saw a figure standing at the rail looking down upon them an old man swathed in a great cloak the color of which was not easy to tell for it changed if they moved their eyes or if he was stirred his face was long with a high forehead he had deep darkling eyes hard to fathom though the look that they now bore was grave and benevolent and a little wary. his hair and beard were white but strands of black still showed about his lips and ears like and yet unlike, muttered Gimli. But come now, said the soft voice, to at least of you I know by name. Gandalf I know well to have much hope that he sees help or counsel here. But you, Theoden, lord of the mark of Rohan, and declared your noble devices, are and still more by the far countenance of the house of Ural, O worthy son of Thangal, thrice renowned, why have, you come, why have you not come before and as a friend? Much have I desired to see you, mightiest king of western lands, and especially in these latter years, to save you from the universe and evil counsels that that best beset you. Is it too late? Despite the injuries that have been done to me, and which the men of Rohan, alas, have had some part still, I would save you, and deliver you from the ruin that draws nigh inevitably, if you ride upon this road which you have taken. Indeed, I alone can can aid you now." Theoden opened his mouth as if to speak, but he said nothing. He looked up at the face of Saruman with its dark solemn, dark solemn eyes bent down upon him, and then went to Gandalf at his side, and he seemed to hesitate. Gandalf made no sign, but stood silent as stone, as one waiting patiently for some call that has not yet come. The riders stirred at first, murmuring with approval of the words of Saruman, and then Gandalf had never spoken so fair and fiddling to their, fit, fittingly to their lord. Rough and proud now seemed all his dealings with Theoden, and over their hearts crept a shadow, the fear of a great danger, the end of the mark in a, di- in a darkness to which Gandalf was driving them, while Saruman stood beside a door of escape, holding it half open so that a ray of light came through. There was a heavy silence. It was Gimli the dwarf who broke in suddenly. The words of this wizard stand on their heads, he growled, gripping the handle of his axe. In the language of Orthanc, help means ruin, and saving me means slaying, that is plain. We do not come here to beg. Peace, said Saruman, and for a fleeting moment his voice was less soft, and a light flickered in his eyes and was gone. I do not speak to you yet, Gimli, glowing son, he said. Far away is your home, and and small concern of yours are the troubles of this land. But it was not by design of your own that you became embroiled, embroiled in them and so i will not blame such part as you have played a valiant one i doubt not but i pray you allow me first to speak with the king of rohan my neighbor and once my friend what have you to say theoden king will you will you have peace with me and all the aid that my knowledge i've f- founded in long years can bring Shall we make our counsels together against evil days and repair our injuries with such good will that our estates shall both come to fairer flower than ever before? Before? Still Theoden did not answer. Whether he strove with anger or doubt, none could say. Eomor spoke. Lord, hear me, he said. Now we have the peril that we were warned of. Have we ridden forth to victory, only to stand at last amazed by an old liar with honey on his forked tongue? So would the trapped wolf speak to the hounds if he could. What aid can he give to you forsooth? All he desires is to escape from his plight. Will you parley with his, with this dealer in treachery and murder? Remember, Theod- the- Remember Theodred at the fords, in the grave of Hama and Helms deep. If we speak of poisoned tongues, what shall we say of yours, young serpent, said Saruman, and the flash of his anger was now plain to see. But come, Eumur, Eumur, Eumur's son, he went on his soft voice again. To every man his part, valor in arms is yours, and you win again. And you win high honor thereby. Slay whom your lord names as enemies, and be content. Meddle not in policies which you do not understand. But maybe, if you become a king, you will find that he must choose his friends with care. The friendship of Saruman and the power of Orthing cannot be lightly thrown aside. Whatever grievances, real or fancied, may lie behind, you have won a battle, but not a war, and that with help on which you cannot count again. You may find the, sh- you may find the shadow of the wood at your own door next. It is a way- it is wayward, and since and senseless and has no love for men but my lord what of rohan am i to be called a murderer because valiant men have fallen in battle if you go to war needlessly for i did not desire it then men will be slain but i but if i am a murderer on that account then all the house of jerle is stained with murder for they have fought many wars and assailed many who defied them yet with some they have afternoons made peace None of the worse for being politic. I, I say, Theoden King. Shall we have peace and f- friendship, you and I? It is our, to, it is ours to command. We shall have peace," said Theoden. At last, quickly, as at last thickly, and with an effort, several of the riders cried out gladly. Theoden held up his hand. "Yes, we will have peace," he said now in a clear voice. "We will have peace when you and all your works have perished." And the, and you are a liar, Saruman, so and a corrupter of men's hearts. You hold out your hand to me, and I perceive only a figure of the claw of Mordor, cruel and cold. Even if you your war on, uh, excuse me, even if your war on me was just as it was not, for when you were ten times as wise, you would have no right to rule me and mine for your own profit as you desired. Even so. What will you say of your torches in Westfold and the children that lie dead there? And the hewed and the and they hewed Hama's body before the gates of the Hornburg after he was dead, when they when you hang from a gibbet at your windows at your window for the spot of all your crows, I will have peace with you and Orthink. So much for the house of Ural. Alas your son would of great size am I. I do not need to lick your fingers, turn elsewhere, but I fear your voice has lost its charm. The riders gazed up at Theoden's, Theoden like men startled out, of, uh, startled out of a dream. Harsh as an old ra- raven's, their master's voice sounded in their ears after the music of Saruman. But Saruman, for a while, was bedside him, beside himself with wrath. He leaned over the mail as, as if he would smite the king with his staff. To some suddenly it was scared that, it, to some suddenly it seemed that they saw a snake coiling itself to strike, gibbets and crows. He hissed, and they shuddered at the hideous change. Doubt hard, what is the house of the, of Ural but a thatched bar where brigands drink, in the reek, and their brats roll on the floor among noose combs, slow in the drawing, tight and hard in the end, hang if you will. Now his voice changed, and he slowly mastered himself. I know not why I have bad the patience to speak to you, for I needed you not, nor your little band of gallopers. as swift to fly as to my advance mare and you wish, At and your way. I have offered it again so that those whom you misled can clearly see the choice of your roads. You must give me brag and abuse, so be it. Go back for your go back for your go back to your huts. But you, Gandalf, for you at least I am grieved, feeling for feeling for your shame. How come it how come it that you can endure such company? For you are proud Gandalf, and not without reason, having a noble mind and eyes that Gandalf looked deep and far. Even now will make will not, even now will you not listen to my counsel? Gandalf stirred and looked up. What have you to say that you did not say at our last meeting? He asked. Or perhaps you have things to unsay. Saruman paused. Unsay? He mused, as if puzzled. Unsay? I endeavoured, I, I endeavoured, to advise you for your own good, but you scarcely listened. You are proud and you do not have love advice, having indeed a misconstructing my intentions willfully. I fear that in my eagerness to persuade you, I lost my patience, and I needed, and, I, and indeed I regret it, for I bore you the company of the violent and the ignorant. How should I? Are we not both members of a high and ancient concert? High and ancient order, most excellent in Middle-earth, our friendship or profit is both alike, much we could still accomplish together to heal the disorders of the world. Let us undress let uh, let us understand one another and dismiss from the thought that lesser f- folk let them wait on our decisions for the good common for the common good. I am willing to redress the, lap, the part and to receive you. Will you not consult with me? Will you not come up? So great was the power that Solomon exerted in his last effort that none that stood within hearing were unmoved. But now the spell was wholly different. They heard the gigantic remonstrance of of a kindly king with an erring erring but much-loved minister. But they were shut out, listening at a doctor to words not meant for them, ill-mannered children, or stupid servants overhearing. The exclusive discourse of their elden, and wondering how it would affect their lot of loftier mold these two were made Rev- reverend and wise it was inevitable that they should make alliance gandalf would descend into the water to discuss deep things beyond their comparison comparison by the heightened chambers of Orthanc. the door was to be cl- the door was the door would be closed and they would be left outside, dismissed to wait a bloated work or punishment. Even if the middle of the Theoden, to wait. Al- excuse me. Even if the mind of Theoden, the thought took shape like a shadow of doubt. He will betray us. He will go. We shall be lost. Then Gandalf laughed. The fantasy vanished like a puff of smoke. Saruman, Saruman said Gandalf, still laughing. Saruman, you missed your path in life. You should have been the king's jester and earned your bread and stripes too, by mimicking his counsellors. Ah, uh, me! He paused, getting the better of his mirth. Understand what another I fear I am beyond comprehension, but you Sarmon, I understand now too well. I keep a clear memory of your arguments and deeds than, than you suppose when last I visited when I last visited you, you were the, janet, the you were the jailer of Moridor, and there I was to be sent. Nay, the guest who has escaped from the roof will think twice before he comes back in by the door. Nay, I do not think I will come up, but listen, Saruman, for the last time, will you not come down? Isengard has proved less strong than your hope and fancy made it, so many other things in which you still have trust. Would it not be well to leave it for a while, to turn to new things, perhaps? Think well, Saruman, will you not come down? a shadow passed over saruman's face then it went deathly white before he could conceal it they saw through the mask the anguish of a mind in doubt loathing to stay and dreading to leave its refuge for a second he hesitated and no one breathed then he spoke and his voice was shrill and cold pride and hate were conquering him will i come down he mocked does an unarmed man come down to speak with robbers out of doors i can hear you well enough here i am no fool and i do not trust you gandalf they do not stand openly on my stairs but i know where the wild wood demons are lurking at your command the treacherous are never distrustful answered gandalf wearily. but you need not fear for your skin i do not wish to kill you or hurt you as you would know if you really understood me and I have the power to protect you. I am giving you a last chance. You can leave Orthanc, free if you choose. That sounds well, sneered Saruman. Very much in the manner of Gandalf the Grey, so condescending and so very kind. I do not I do not doubt that you would find Orthanc commodious and my departure convenient. But why should I wish to leave? And what do you mean by free? There are conditions, I presume. Reasons... Reasons for living you can see from your windows," answered Gandalf. Others will occur to your thought. Your servants are destroyed and scattered. Your neighbors—you have made your enemies, and you have cheated your new master, or tried to do so. When his eyes turn hither, it will be the red eye of wrath. But when I say free, I mean free—free free from bond, of chain, or command—to go wherever you will, even even to Mordor, Sauron, so if you desire. But you will first surrender to me the key of Orthic and your staff. They will be pledges. They will be pledges of your conduct. Conduct to be returned later if you merit them. Saruman's, Saruman's face grew livid, twisted with rage, and a red light was kindled in his eyes. He laughed wildly. Later, he cried, and his voice rose to a scream. Later yes when you also have the keys of door itself i suppose and the crowns of seven kings and the rods of five wizards and have purchased yourself a pair of boots many l- sizes larger than those that you wear now a modest plan hardly one in which my help is needed i have other things to do do not be a fool if you wish to treat me while you have a chance go away and come back when you are sober and leave behind these cutthroats and small ragtag that dangle at your tail good day He turned and left the balcony. Come back, Saruman, said Gandalf in a commanding voice. To the amazement of the others, Saruman turned again, and as if dragged against his will, he came slowly back to the iron rail, leaning on it, breathing hard. His face was lined and shrunken. His hand clutched his heavy black staff like a claw. I did not give you leave to go, said Gandalf sternly. I have not finished. You have become a fool, Saruman, and yet pitiable you might still have turned away from folly and evil and have been of service but you choose to stay and not at the ends of your old plots stay then but i warn you you will not easily come out again not unless the dark hands of the east stretch out to take you saruman he cried and his voice grew in power and authority behold i am not gandalf the gray whom you betrayed i am gandalf the white who has returned from death you have no color now and i cast you from the order and from the council he raised his hand and spoke slowly in a clear cold voice saruman your staff is broken there was a crack and the staff split asunder in saruman's hand and the head of it fell down at gandalf's feet Go, said Gandalf. With the cry Saruman fell back and crawled away. At that moment a heavy shining came a heavy shining thing came hurtling down from above. It glanced off the iron rail, even as Saruman left it. And passing close to Gandalf's head, it smote the stair on which he stood. The rail rang and snapped. The stair cracked and splintered in glittering sparks. But the ball was unharmed. It rolled on down the steps, a globe of crystal, dark, but glowing with a heart of fire. As it bounded away towards a pool, Pippin ran after it and picked it up. The murderous rogue, cried Eomer, but Gandalf was unmoved. No, that was not thorned by Saruman, he said, nor even at his bidding, I think. It came from a window far above, a parting shot from Master Roentongue, I fancy, but ill-aimed. The aim was poor, maybe, but he could not make up his mind, which he hated more. You are Saruman, said Aragorn. That may be so, said Gandalf. Small comfort will those two have in their companionship. They will gnaw one another with words, but the punishment is just. If something ever comes out of Orthanc alive, it will be more than he deserves. Here, my lad, I'll take that. ''I did not ask you to handle it,'' he cried, turning sharply and seeing Pippin coming up to, up the steps slowly as if he were bearing a great weight. He went down to meet him and hastily took the dark globe from the hobbit, wrapping it in the folds of his cloak. ''I will take care of this,'' he said. ''It is not a thing, I guess, that Saruman would have chosen to cast away.'' ''But he may have other things to cast,'' said Gimli. ''If that is the end of the debate, let us go out of stone's throw at least.'' It is the end," said Gandalf. "Let us go." They turned their backs on the doors of Orthanc and went down. The riders hailed the king with joy and saluted Gandalf. The spell of Saruman was broken. They had seen him come at call and crawl away. Dismissed. Well, that is done," said Gandalf. "Now I must find Treebeard and tell him how things have gone. He will have guessed surely," said mary "Were they likely to end? Were they likely to end any other way?" Not likely, answered Gandalf, though they came to the balance of a hair. But I had reasons for trying, some merciful and some less so. First Saruman was shown that the power of his voice was waning. He cannot be both tyrant and counselor. When the plot is ripe, it remains no longer secret. Yet he fell into the trap and he tried to deal with his victims piecemeal while others listened. Then I gave him with his last then I gave him a last choice, and a fair one, to renounce both Mordor and his private schemes, and make amends by helping us in our need. He knows our need, more none better. Great service he could have rendered, but he has chosen to withhold it and keep the power of Orthanc. He will not serve, only command. He lives now in terror of the shadow of Mordor, and yet he still dreams of riding the storm. Unhappy fool, he will be devoured if the power of the East stretches out his arms to Isengard. We cannot destroy or think from without, but Sauron, Sor- but who knows what he can do. And what if Sauron does not conquer? What will you do to him? asked Pippin. I? Nothing, said Gandalf. I will do nothing to him. I do not wish for mastery. What will become of him, I cannot say. I grieve that so much that was good now festers in the tower. So for us things have not gone badly. Strange are the turns of fortune. Often does hatred hurt itself, I guess that even if we ent- had entered in, we could have found a f- few treasures in think more precious than the thing which Wormtongue threw down at us. A shrill shriek, suddenly cut off, came from an open window high above. It seems that Saruman thinks so too, said Gandalf, let us leave them. They returned now to the ruins of the gate, hardly had they passed out under the arch when from among the shadows of the piled stones there where they had stood, Treebeard and a dozen other Ents came striding up. Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas gazed at them in wonder. Here are three of my companions, Treebeard, said Gandalf. I have spoken of them, but you have not yet seen them. He named them one by one. The old Ent looked at them long and searchingly, and spoke to them in turn. Last he turned to Legolas. So you have come all the way from Mirkwood, my good Elf, a very great forest it used to be, and still is, said the glass, but not so great that we who dwell there ever tire of seeing new trees. I should dearly love to journey in Fangorn's wood. I scarcely passed beyond the eaves of it, and I did not wish to turn back. Gee eyes gleamed with pleasure pleasure. I hope you may have your eyes excuse me, I hope you may have your wish, ere the hills e- ere the hills be much older, he said. I will come, if I have the fortune, said Legolas. I have made a bargain with my friend that, if all goes well, we will visit Fangorn together, by your leave. Any elf that comes with you will be welcome, said Treebeard. The friend I speak of is not an elf, said Legolas. I mean Gimli, Gloin's son here. Gimli bowed low, and and the axe slipped from his belt and clattered on the ground. "Hm hmm, ah now, said Treebeard, looking dark-eyed at him. A dwarf and an axe-bearer hmm i have good will to elves but you ask much this is a strange friendship strange it may seem said legolas but while gimli lives i shall not come to fangorn alone his axe is not for trees but for necks. o fangorn master of fangorn's wood forty-two he hewed in the battle who come now said Treebeard. That is a better story well well things will go as they will and there is no need to hurry to meet them but now we must part for a while. Day is drawing to an end. Yet Gandalf says you must go ere nightfall, and the Lord of the Mark is eager for his own house. Yes, we must go and go now," said Gandalf. I fear that I must take your gatekeepers, away f- gatekeepers from you, but you will manage well enough without them. Maybe I shall," said Treebeard. But i shall miss them we have become friends in so short a while that i think i must be getting hasty growing backwards towards youth perhaps but there they are they are the first thing under the sun and moon that i have seen for many a long long day i shall not forget them i have put their names into the long list and to remember it hence the earth born old as mountains the wide walkers water drinking and hungry as hunters, the hobbit children, the laughing folk, the little people. They shall remain friends as long as leaves are renewed. Fare you well, but if you hear news in your pleasant land in the shire, send me word. You know what I mean, word or sight of the entwives. Come yourselves if you can. We will, said Merry and Pippin together, and they turned away hastily. Treebeard looked at them and was silent for a while, shaking his head thoughtfully. Then he turned to Gandalf. So Saruman would not leave, he said. I did not think he would. His heart is as rotten as a black Huron's. Still, if I were overcome and all my trees were destroyed, I would not come while I have to hide in." No, said Gandalf. But you have not plotted to cover all the world with your trees and choke all other living things. But there it is. Saruman remains to nurse his hatred and weave again such webs as he can. He has the key of Orthing, but he must not be allowed to escape. Indeed, no, Ence will not see to that, said Treebeard. Saruman shall not set foot beyond the rock without my leave. Ence will watch over him. Good, said Gandalf, that is what I hoped. Now I can go and turn to other matters with one care the less. But you must be wary. The waters have gone down. It will not be enough to put sentinels round the tower, I fear. I do not doubt that there were deep ways delved under Orthanc, and that Saruman hopes to go and come unmarked before long if you will undertake the labor i beg you to pour in the waters again and do so until isengard remains a standing pool where you discover the outlets when all the underground places are drowned and the outlets blocked then saruman will stay upstairs and look out of the windows leave it to the end, said tree Beard. we shall search the valley from head to foot and peer under every pebble trees are coming back to life here old trees wild trees the watcher we will call it Not a squirrel will go here, but I shall know of it. Leave it to the ends, until seven times the years in which he tormented us have passed. We shall not tire of watching him.